Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joan Milmine and this is episode 66, The Diamond Fibre. Hello everybody and welcome into the show. Today is Tuesday the 13th of October. How are you all? I hope you've all been well since last time I spoke to you about uh, six or seven days ago. Welcome to any returning listeners that are coming back to the podcast again. Lovely to have you with me as always and if you're a new listener a hearty welcome. Come in, sit down, get yourself a cup of tea and some Battenberg all the cakes are available and grab your knitting and let's crack on with a bit of knitting chatter. I have a few things for you today, a couple of returning segments that we've not had for a little while and some information about mohair. I'm a bit into mohair, I've mentioned it a few times before, I quite like it. It's a very maligned fibre, a lot of people don't like it and have hideous memories of sort of 1980s, 1990s horrible itchy scratchy mohair jumpers and such like and I wanted to do a bit of chatter about that and dispel a few myths. It will be part of the sock surgery as we were asked a question about the use of mohair or other fibres in socks and seeing as I'm, I'm a bit of a fan anyway I thought I would just do a bit of a general section on the properties of mohair and basically how that makes them suitable for socks and other garments. So that will be one of the segments you're going to get today. Another one is the return of Enablers Corner. And we'll have a little bit of chatter about the latest shipment from the Golden Skein. So get yourself... I almost broke in to have yourself a merry little Christmas then. Said the C word again twice in two episodes and it's only October. Um, Get yourself a nice cup of tea and... So definitely, it's definitely a cake kind of day today, I think, and we will crack on with the show. So first up, we have the triumphant return of the Enablers Corner. We do like a bit of enabling on the podcast. And I like to mix it up a little bit and give you different things, yarn clubs, patterns, um, events, things that are nothing even to do with knitting. And this week, what completely caught my eye and shoved basically what was the Enablers Corner into the long grass was a new collection that has just been released by Amanda B. Collins. Now you will probably know Amanda as Alprint Panda and she's been doing quite a lot more designing recently and one that you will definitely have seen around if you like your indie patterns is the Talavera which was published in Pom Pom Quarterly in the summer 2015 edition and basically it was a lace a green lace sort of top, sleeveless top with a kind of slightly cold neck at the front that was really popular. I think she was on the cover, um, but I've seen the picture around a lot. That was designed by Amanda. She also makes really cute little stitch markers over at Owlprint Panda, and that's been doing so for quite a while. And she does have quite a, a big back catalogue of patterns, really. And this is a collection that she's put together called As Autumn Falls. Now... It's a four-piece collection and you can get the patterns individually or you can get them as an ebook, which comes in at £9.60. 
all of the patterns are knitted in Malabrigo yarns, various weights and base makeups. Now, what caught my eye from this floating around on Twitter was the Bale cardigan. I think it's pronounced Bale. It's B-A-I-L-E. And this was a beautiful, really rich orange, warm kind of autumnal orange leaved colour lace panelled long sleeve cardigan and this is knit from the bottom up with set in sleeves it goes following another conversation on twitter this week from size 30 inch chest to size 60 inch chest so really something for everyone there and catering for those of us who are a little bit more bibalicious as emily from tin can knits would say those of us who are a little bit more gifted in the chest department you are catered for within this pattern size which is really good and frankly what everyone should be doing if they're producing knitting patterns. We're not in the 1950s anymore. Also, there is Emma, E-M-M-E-R, which is a semi-circular textured lace shawl, knitted in a really pretty sort of brown, variegated-y, not wildly variegated, but brown tonal variegated yarn. There is Bulgawit, which is a hat. There are two hats in this collection, and Bulgawit is the first of them. And that is knit with a repeating pattern of slip stitches and little garter areas. And it looks like wheat sheaths going up the um, the hat. It's really cool, quite pretty. And then the slip thatch, which is a beautiful, intricate looking cabled and textured hat. So really nice pattern collection. I really liked it. I like how it's all themed around autumn. I love the cardigan. The cardigan's really pretty. And, you know, Malabrigo yarns are reasonably easy to get hold of, which um, is always good. And they should be fairly easy because they're not a particularly exotic bases. It'd be quite easy to substitute if you wanted to use something else instead. So that is As Autumn Falls collection by Amanda B. Collins. You can find that on Ravelry and I will link to that in the show notes. So on to the sock surgery with your very own Joe Milline this week and um, mostly because I didn't really feel that we needed a guest expert for this section and that I could probably do a pretty decent job by myself when talking about mohair and the properties thereof. Now we had a question in I think from Mindful William and I remember the question coming in but I couldn't actually find it when it came to looking for the question but he was definitely asking about the use of fibres other than nylon to add strength and durability to sock yarns and the socks that you knit from them in particular. Now I will in immediately point you in the direction of an article written by Claire. Um, it was done for Wovember last year and it's called Pure Wool for Socks. I'll put a link in the show notes but she basically interviewed Sue Blacker for that uh, article and is discussing basically how you can use different types and spins of wool and different breeds of wool that will because of the properties each individual breed has will add strength to a sock without necessarily needing to use nylon if you would like to avoid it um, it's quite an in-depth article really interesting on loads of links to resources etc within that so that is uh, pure wool for socks and it is on the wovember.com and i'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can go and check it out but it's well worth looking at if you would like to explore using different yarns for socks that don't include nylon 
So today we're going to be talking about mohair and as you know I, I quite like mohair and I think it's got quite a lot of good useful properties that you can add, use in your knitting to give you this, the desired effect in your finished object. Now mohair comes from the hair of the angora goat which um, is not the same obviously as angora. Angora comes from angora rabbits, mohair comes from angora goats so not to be confused. And the word mohair comes from the Arabic word for choice or select. So it's quite a highly prized fibre and it is more expensive than wool to buy. Now, South Africa accounts for 60% of world mohair production. And that's where I became interested in mohair as a fibre to work with again, was in South Africa when I lived there. So that's probably why, um, because it is such a big producer of mohair. And I know until quite recently, quite a lot of the British um, mohair producers would send their mohair to South Africa to be sold on because it's such a big market there and there wasn't a big market within the UK. Luckily we now have quite a lot of producers who are producing mohair yarns and mohair blend yarns like Whistlebear in Northumberland and others as well and I will do a, a bit of a kind of yarn pick in the next episode, uh, if you decide you do want to try some mohair or mohair blend yarns, where I would recommend you start and places you can find it and buy it in the UK. So, as I said, mohair only comes from Angora goats, which are incredibly cute. And the micron count is around 25 for the kid mohair, going up to around 45 microns for older animals, and it increases the Di diameter of the fibre increases with the age of the goat. But so what? What's so good about mohair that means we're going to want to use it in our projects? Well, first of all, it is a really good insulator, even when it is wet, as is wool, but it is warmer than wool is by weight. It's lighter in weight than wool is, which means it's really good for if you're making sort of trekking garments or performance garments that you're going to want to use or you're going to be traveling. Um, that could, you know, especially if you're looking at a cardigan, that could be a significant weight difference um, as compared to wool. It is a very comfortable fibre to wear and the fibres of mohair are much smoother, which means they're less irritating. So if you are a little bit sensitive to wool and some people can't wear wool, mohair could be a good alternative for you to try um, if you find wool to be a little bit itchy. Mohair has very thin, smooth scales, which again adds to it being sort of less irritating than wool because it's a smoother fibre. But this also means that it doesn't felt. So that makes it shrink resistant as well which is you know again quite a good property to have if you're making socks and you're going to be in an environment where there's a lot of abrasion there's heat there's moisture having something like a bit of mohair in your socks particularly i think for the men folk in our lives or if you're a lady who likes to work her socks hard because we're not sexist on this show um that could be something that's really useful to add in particularly if you don't want to have the nylon in there to stop any felting or shrinking. It is incredibly durable is mohair and very very strong so you can bend and twist uh, mohair fibres without damaging them and actually mohair is stronger than steel 
of the same diameter. So it's pretty hardcore stuff. Um, unlike steel, however, because nobody wants to wear metal socks unless you're a little bit, well, you'd have to be incredibly hardcore, wouldn't you? Um, unlike steel, mohair is stretchy. It does stretch well and up to about 30% bigger over its entire sort of size but it does spring back into shape, which means it resists any sort of sagging or, you know, sometimes with wool you'll get, where your elbows are, you'll get a little bump where they, they were because it's been stretched and it's not kind of sprung back. You don't get that with mohair. So again, useful for socks where it is going to be quite a tight fit and they need to be quite a tight fit. If you're moving around in them and stretching them a little bit, they will spring back. You won't end up with like baggy heels and baggy legs necessarily um which you might do maybe with wool it is non-flammable wool is non-flammable as well mohair is non-flammable and it just sort of beads up under flame and the minute you take the flame away it goes out and that is why it was originally used for children's teddy bears um because it was more hypoallergenic than wool and you can still get teddy bears made out of mohair today they're considerably more expensive than your uh, your man-made fibers um but I, I know you definitely can get them i think um mary thought is your best place to get them in the uk they're they still make them by hand the teddy bears they're expensive they're about 100 pounds a piece um I bought one for each of the children the the bear for their year that they were born i bought one of those and that's a mohair bear for each year that they were born as their first kind of Christmas present, if you will. They're beautiful. They're all completely hand-stitched in Ironbridge in Shropshire. They're, they are really lovely heirloom pieces, but they're not the cheapest teddy bears on the planet. And frankly, I appreciate a hand-stitched teddy bear. I think 100 quid's pretty cheap for something that's been made in this country from quality materials and um, is so beautiful, really. Um, teddy bears aside, and because this is about mohair for socks... Um, mohair is really lustrous and shiny and that is again because it's a smooth fiber and has quite large scales the light reflects really well from it which i quite like because it can add that kind of bit of silky shimmer and add a bit of bit of you know glam slight glam not quite as glamorous as silk um but it does add that effect whilst adding the strength now you do get quite a bit of strength from silk but generally silk is blended with stuff like merino which is lovely but not necessarily the hardest wearing fiber in the world so not always what you're going to be want wanting to wear on your feet if you're going trekking or if you're wearing socks for more hardcore things than just sitting around looking beautiful on your shirts long and that's an admirable pastime as well especially if you're knitting sometimes you just want something that's a little bit more strong yet shiny because we love a bit of shiny so lustrous shiny non-flammable really strong stretches and bounces back durable warm lightweight what else could we possibly want for a fiber to make socks with it it dies really well it, it takes and holds dye extremely well. It resists fading and it doesn't matter how much you wear it and how long you have it, the dye just sticks to this fibre, which means we can have our beautiful eye-watering coloured socks that we a lot of us love to make and it's not going to fade because that is a big problem, especially with hand-dyed, is quite often, especially with the socks, you will get quite a bit of fading. Um, you don't get that with mohair because it holds onto the dye beautifully. So if you want to keep those really vivid colours, maybe step away a little bit from your super soft, lovely merinos 
and step towards something that's got a bit more mohair in it because you're going to get that strength it's going to be brilliant for wicking it's not going to stretch it's going to keep beautiful colors and it's going to be really strong and really durable and they're all really great properties for socks whether you're a lady or whether you're a gentleman so that is a bit of a rundown of the properties of mohair and why i think they're going to be useful for socks sock knitting obviously thinking about that you can apply a lot of these desirable characteristics to other projects that maybe you're going to want to knit things in particular would be stuff like mitts where there is again quite a lot of abrasion generally a lot of pulling on and off and they get treated a lot more roughly than something like a beautiful shawl or maybe a, even a hat so think about that when you're choosing your projects and think about whether mohair can offer you some of the properties that you would like in your finished knits if you have any questions on mohair can't promise to know everything about them but i know a lot of people who know a lot of stuff about mohair and um, send them in shinybeesinfo at gmail.com and i will do my best to answer them as I said, um, there will be a bit more about the diamond fibre in the next episode where I'll pick a few yarns that maybe you might like to check out. On to the next segment. So sharing a few more dyes with you from the Golden Skin, which is the world's best yarn club and run by me. For those of you that don't know, the Golden Skin um, produces hand-dyed yarn clubs every quarter and the main sort of event of that is called the power of three and what we do is send an inspiration photo to three different specially selected dyers across the world it's quite good fun and get them to work their magic basically on one of their own bases in their own sort of signature style and uh, to produce a colorway for the club members and this one this latest quarter was um, a picture of lava and it was all kind of orange and black with a few little weird kind of magenta purpley bits in it it's very pretty and i'll put a picture of it in the show notes so you can see if you haven't already and we got three dyes to come and produce a colorway now i think there's only two there's only two left anyway if the dye for yarn all the rest are already sold so don't worry it's, there's no hard sell here what i want is so basically, if you've never heard of these dyers before, make you aware of them because we do like to promote our indie dyers and then you can go and check them out for yourself and see what they've got. So the first one, and you'll have heard of me talk about these uh, ladies before, um, because I'm a bit of a fan, bit of a fan, bit of a fan, as are quite a lot of other people um, of dye for yarn. This is run by Nicole Eitzinger and Cordula Sermon-Schmidt. She got married recently and they're two scientists basically who left science and started dyeing yarn instead and knitting beautiful lace shawls and um, if you do any boo knits shawls again another one of my kind of current crushes uh, she often uses their yarn it is they're very kind of big on silk blends they're very big on saturated you know really rich hues and colorways they've got a very kind of obvious signature style to their photography that all looks beautiful and you just you want to buy all of their stuff and it is really nice to work with and it is beautifully dyed and they dyed um a colorway onto the merino silk fingering base which is a four ply it's a 75 25 merino silk which comes in at 400 meters and that was called spouting lava 
I, when I picked them, thought they were going to do an orange one. In my head, it was going to be an orange semi-solid. No, black, red and orange variegated. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It really is. And they said, I said, I really thought you would do this. And they said, well, we were going to. And then we're like, we can't really ignore the black in this. And their logo is a lot of kind of crossed swords and skulls. So there obviously are some kind of quite gothic nuances to their brand anyway um and it is lovely it's beautiful and you can find more about them at www.dieforyarn.com they do a range of silk blend yarns and they do a range of other blend um wool blend and other fiber blend yarns um which they sell through etsy at the moment so you can find the links to all of their shops on there and they both, I think, design patterns as well. So you will find a few of their patterns floating around on Ravelry. So if quite lacy shawls are your bag, I'll put a link to their pattern pages in the show notes as well. And you can go and have a look at that too. The next one, again, I've spoken about her before on the podcast a couple of times. She's my red crush because um, she produces the world's most beautiful red yarns. And she dyes them red yarns in particular because she couldn't find the red yarns that she wanted when she was looking for them and this is Larissa Barry of Travel Knitter again she does a lot of beautiful really rich saturated colorways not just red although I do recommend her if you're looking for a red yarn she does a lot of other colorways that are very kind of opulent looking if you will and some really nice luxurious bases clearly Having asked her to do it and she agreed, I went a bit mental and went for the Tanami 4-ply, which was a 50% baby camel, 50% silk blend, and it is beautiful. It is soft, it is shiny, it's luxurious, and she produced a colourway called Stromboli, which was based around her going up a a mountain basically in Italy uh, to look at this volcano in the time before you had camera phones and the batteries ran out on her camera and she only took one picture of this this volcano basically and that comes in at 400 meters and 100 grams and it was a it was almost like a semi-solid it was like a varnished style colorway and it lots of layers to the colourway which made it really sort of three-dimensional lots and lots of tones in there completely beautiful I obviously took two for my own personal use <laughs> slash samples and then had to give one away because one got lost in the post and I, I'm crushed I'm still crushed right now um, but you can go and find all of her stuff she does some really nice um, greys and some really nice teals as well over at www.travelknitter.com and the final one is an American dyer. So Diana from Germany, Travel Knitter is from Walthamstow in London in the UK. And this lady, Cedar Hill Farm, she's Kaya Kuhn. She is from the United States. So quite a very, you know, one from Europe, one from the States, one from the UK for this quarter. And she lives on a farm in the United States and she does get a lot of the, she has her own sheep and a lot of her own yarns are produced from fluff from her sheep. This is a... Uh, 100% superwash merino base called Journey and that again comes in at 400 meters per 100 grams and the colorway name for that was Poisoned Apple and she told the story about how she'd been inspired by Disney villains basically from the colorway and the fire and the the sort of whole feel that you get from the picture she took taken it off kind of in a tangent and been inspired by um 
the baddie, basically, in Snow White, the witch, so, or the evil queen, the evil queen, yeah. So, you can find her over at www.cedarhillyarns.com. I will put pictures and links in the show notes to all of these, so you can go find them there if you want to get directly to them and you can't, um, if you can't find them for whatever reason, and also I'll put some pictures there as well. Um, if you want to come join in with the fun over at the Golden Skin, you don't have to be a member to join in the craze. You can come join in on Ravelry and we do all sorts of things. We have swaps. That's going to be a Christmas swap soon. That was quite good fun last year. And um, We do knit-alongs. We do little days out. We're going to do a day out in December. You don't have to be a member. You just need to be committed to the act of freeing skeins from stash, basically. You have to love knitting what you've got. And it doesn't matter what you've got doesn't have to be dead fancy you just want to knit it and get it out there and that's that's the only qualifying criteria so that should be pretty much everyone listening i would say um if you fancy it there are a couple of dive yarns left or there were when i recorded this might not be now um but next year is already open and the winter quarter um for this year that goes out in december is open so you can find out everything you need to know about the actual yarn at www.thegoldenskin.com and if you want to come join the Ravelry group, um, you can find that as the Golden Skin on Ravelry. I'll put links in to the show notes. Um, but as I say, no hard sell at all. Just making you aware of some new dyers uh, that you can go and check out yourself. Because a lot of people like to pick their own yarns. And um, all three of them are really, really good quality dyers and produce some beautiful things. So check them out as well in the show notes. So I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week. It's been a short and sweet one, but hopefully jam-packed with lots of stuff that you can take away. Try yourself. Hopefully you've learned some new things, discovered some new dyers, and been enabled to a beautiful new pattern collection. If you have not had a chance to do so already, please consider going over to um, my listener survey, which I'm running at the moment till the end of the month. There will be some prizes. I've got a copy of Scrumptious Knits by Carol Feller to give away, some yarn, etc. Other bits and pieces will be added as the month goes on. And it's just basically to find out what you guys like about the podcast, what you don't, what you would like more of. I have no idea, really. I know you like it, but I don't know exactly what other things I can give you that you want. Um, so please come over and let me know and thank you for everyone who's already done that i've had some really cool answers uh some really honest answers as well which is good don't just blow smoke up my bum it's lovely but i really need to know what is and isn't working so that i can i can act on it basically constructive you know don't don't diss me for being northern i'll be northern forever (laughs) i'll be sarcastic forever as well (laughs) but things that i can do something about would be really helpful And also, as I mentioned last time, I do have a mailing list now. So those of you that signed up, thank you. And if you'd like to join in with the mailing list, I do already have some comedy dogs in knitwear, amongst other things to send out. Um, And you can do so via the link um, in the show notes as well. So all that remains for me to say to you guys is I hope you all have a lovely week. Happy crafting. Get your knit on. Get your knit on, get your knit on, get your, get your knit on. That was for you, Sonic. And I will speak to you all again soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. 
If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog. Or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided by a Music Alley and it is Adam and the Walter Boys and I Need a Drink. I need a drink. <laughs>